Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another, another episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. Trying to say it different every time now. It's weird. This is Mark Stevenson. This is, and this is Mark Vila. And today we're here to talk about analyzing your competition. Yes, we are. Yes. So uh, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is a great topic and you've, um, this is just something that comes up so often um, in uh, our Facebook groups, when we're doing sales demonstrations, when uh, when somebody just calls us up and is asking for marketing advice, people are always concerned about competition. And um, I think that it's worthy of an episode. And, um, you know, I mean, I always say this because it's true, but after you listen to this episode, you're going to take something out of it that's going to get you more business. Hey, this one will, or at this least maybe it will um, bring down your blood pressure a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, yes. Give you some hope if you're not selling as much as you thought you might, or if you're just, um, you know, just getting started. If you haven't gotten your machine yet or just looking at the business, man, I think you should listen to this episode multiple times because it's that frequently it's just a, you have perceived competition and we're going to talk about that. You know, you, you've got perceived competition. It's not real competition. So you'll be sweating stuff that you don't need to worry about at all. Right. Um, I, I kind of consider it like two kinds of competition. There's um, anxiety um, creating competition. And this is just signs that you see um, something you heard of, a website you may have visited, and you are just very concerned that this is the competition that's preventing you from growing, or they may be coming after your customers and uh, nothing has happened yet, or right. maybe it happened one time out of a hundred. Um, and that's something that you'll learn about in this episode. And, and then the second is your actual competition. These are folks that frequently you run into and, and, and your potential customer is saying, Oh, I've also talked to so-and-so and every once in a right. while you lose a job to them. Yeah. And, and I mean, that does happen. We're not going to sugarcoat that at all. It just happens a lot less than you might think. Mm -hmm. And one of the points that I'd like to get across in this particular episode is um, there are a lot of people who uh, look into and, and really like are interested in getting into the custom t-shirt business, for example, um, and they use competition as an excuse not to. You know, so they'll see, you know, somebody selling $10 t-shirts in their area and they'll use that. Well, I can't find a way to make money selling t-shirts for $10, you know, or for $8, you know, or they'll look at the numbers that we talk about in our podcast and online. And they'll say things like, no one can sell for that price. I obviously can't get into this business. You know, so please like keep these things in mind when we're talking about analyzing competition, whether you're in business or not. Yeah. So this is, this is something you do before you're in business. This is something you do when you first get started. And this is something that you should be doing um, reasonably frequently, whether it's, uh, you know, every six months or every year or every quarter, you know, I mean, that's going to really depend on your business, but you should, you should be 
looking at your competition and, and we're going to talk a little bit about kind of why, uh, why you'll stay ahead if you're doing it on a, re- on a regular schedule, because a lot of businesses aren't. Yep. I, I agree. And there are some, some kind of ancillary benefits to doing the, this competitive analysis that you've got pinned out here, Mark. And, and mm-hmm. one of them that I like is, is you really have the opportunity to improve what you do when you look at the competition. That's one thing that we're going to go over. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, you can be sure you're actually charging enough for the products if you do this. Uh, and uh, you get to know your strength. Like, where are you better than everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, th- the amazing thing is, is I- I've done this plenty of times for Cold Essie and, and other businesses that I've worked with or, or for. And you, 100% of the time, there are two or three or more things in the business that are so strong or so great that you've never given yourself credit for. And right. these are the things that you should be shouting constantly. You know, and, and we can get into examples later, but if you're really good at one thing, whatever that might be, customer service or art or providing a quality product or a hundred other things, that should be something you should be talking about every single time, especially yeah. when you do some competitive analysis and realize that this is a strength of yours. Agreed. And I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Just um, this morning, okay. I was chatting with a customer on Facebook and a cold SE customer. They bought things from us in the past and they were looking at a new um, direct-to-film printer. And, uh, you know, they were surprised at the price that we charge for our direct-to-film printers versus one that she sees like on eBay that you can buy directly from China. And, you know, that's, that's a circumstance. Well, yeah, that machine is a lot more expensive, a lot less expensive. And that actually gave me the opportunity to recognize again, to list out the reasons that you want to buy from Cold Essie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and just go through like... These are all the reasons. And, you know, by the end of the chat and, um, you know, she was like, I've got a lot, I've got a lot to think about, you know, because, because the value scenario um, makes it worth it. I mean, totally worth it. You know, so as you go through these two, you know, I mean, keep that hope in mind. Yeah. I I had a, uh, a a separate example, but similar. I had a, a landscaping company that I worked with. And, um, he, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I do marketing. Oh, I've been, you know, this, that, and the other. And, um, and he said, uh, and essentially the conversation just got into, I said, well, what are you particularly good at? Like, why do you, why do you think customers stick with you? And he said, because I said, there's like a million landscape companies. Yeah. How can anybody stay literally, in business? Literally. Right? Like this, this is like the concept. Like how can anybody <clears throat> stay in business? How can anybody, you know, beat the competition? And uh, he said, um, and he, so he sat there and I said, cause honestly, like you have a nice mower, you yeah. know, how to cut, you know, you know how to trim well, like, I mean, so what, what is it? And he said that um, uh, for him, he said, I am really diligent about calling my customers back and texting them and emailing them. So if they email them, I definitely will reply to that email sometime during the day. Like I, between stops, I stop and I answer texts and phone calls. And he said, because people have a lot of questions or they're worried about a lot of things. And I just right. always reply to them. 
And he said, everybody that I talk to always kind of seems to stick around. And I was like, that's it. I was like, that's your thing. And I said, you should just talk about that all the time. If you meet somebody, you should just say, listen, have you ever had a company that you've worked with before? Like you feel like you can never reach them? Not me. You text me, I will respond to you within, like, if not right away, within hours. And uh, he was just very encouraged by that. And he said, all the time I was focusing on all these other things when I, the strongest thing I had, I was already doing. Yeah. I never really talked about it. That's great. So, um, so let's get into it then. What are the steps to creating a competitive analysis and doing something with that? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you should write this down, of course, you know, when you, when you start, uh, start doing this because you're going to identify your competition, all of it, like anybody that you can think of that you would consider competition. Um, and you could even ask your customers whether or not they've shopped at any other places and what that competition might be. Yeah. And we, we've kind of put competition into really a th- like three categories, right? Yep. So there is all competition. So if somebody is going to buy a shirt, where can they buy it from? Uh, and and uh, we're going to specifically talk about local business here, I think, right, Mark? Yeah. I mean, although I think Walmart is a good example. Yeah. Just to, just to kind of get it out of the way. Right. And they're local because somebody could drive there. Right. 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 As opposed I'm, to going so online. I'm speaking uh, right. not in terms of all competition could mean like every website that sells t-shirts. Yes. Which is a right. lot. But it's more than seven. You, you, you've got to do uh, a little bit of knowledge of saying like, am I a local business? Am I a niche business? What's my niche? Is it fishing shirts? I'm just going to look up fishing shirts. Um, and then, um, but you also might be a local business and you focus on locally. So what's all the local competition? Walmart, right. Bass yeah. Pro Shop, right? I mean, these are places where if, uh, if a small business, if a golf, if there's a golf course in your area and they want all their employees to wear white golf shirts, they could go to Bass Pro Shop or Walmart and buy wife, white polo shirts, right? Yep. You know, um, if you use fishing as an example... Mm-hmm. I actually used it in the um, in the cold SE playbook that I'm working on right now. And you can buy a fishing themed t-shirt for $11.64 at Walmart right now. And then you can go buy a, um, a shirt with a similar design at Pelagius or Pelagius or something. It's a very high-end fishing store, fishing accessory store. You can buy a very similar shirt same number of colors, same quality for $36. So that, that's, your, that's your competition. That would be the Bass Pro versus Walmart for just a simple fishing shirt. There you go. There you go. It's, it's a good point. And um, so all competition is just everywhere. What's If, if we're going to say local, local for t-shirts and polos, and this could be um, for anything, you could sell home decor decorations, um, you know, promotional items, you know, somebody could go to Target and buy a bunch of pink mugs there. Right. And that's what they're going to use to give their customers. Right. So, so that's like all your all competition. Then there's your close competition. Close are businesses that do like what you do, but not the same of what you do. Okay. okay. You have to, you have to expand on that one a little bit. Yes. So if you do direct to garment printing, a close competition could be a screen print shop. Okay. Okay. If you sell custom mugs and tumblers, 
a close competition might be a place that sells um, um, other gift items like that that could be customized. But maybe they don't do anything like that. Maybe they right. just do apparel, right? Or they just or do home decor. Um, but but somebody could choose if if you you kind of pick some avatars in your head, which we've spoke about some of my potential customers. And if one of my potential customers is um, people planning birthday parties, mm-hmm. right? Um, the uh, and, and actually, before I get into it, let's just say direct competition quickly. Direct competition are people who do like exactly what you do. Like almost right. literally, some right. someone else with another DT, DTG printer. Uh, yes, uh, yes, they sell like the same exact product. They have the same offering. So right. in this case, party goers are my customers. All competitions like Target, Walmart in my area, because somebody could go there and they can buy. Uh, they want to give a party gift, and they can go there and they can just buy a bunch of pink mugs and fill them with candy, and that's the party gift. Yep. Right. Um, close competition could be there's a store down the road that sells um, like coasters and, uh, and and hats and stuff like that with custom stuff on it. So they could go there and they can buy a coaster and a sun visor with like um, the name, you know, some uh, their initials on it or something. Right. Right. Um, direct competition because you sell mugs and tumblers that are customized would be another shop locally that specifically sells customized mugs and tumblers. Yep. I got it. Okay. So we identify this stuff and then we kind of make a little list and categorize them. Don't go crazy. Right. Um, Because you could also say that a completely oddly off the wall business could also be, um, you know, competition for you. They, they could group. they could decide not to do the party favors and just rent a clown for the day. Yeah, yes, you know, right. So they can do that. So, so the clown guy is not your competition. Don't worry about his pricing. Yes, exactly. So we're going to kind of, you kind of just use some logic and this is going to be so different for everybody. It's really hard to narrow it down, but hopefully in that example, it's good enough yep. um, to get you in the thought process. So you make a list and categorize them. All close, direct. Yep. I think okay. that makes sense. And I would start with the direct myself, if you can find them. Right. I mean, the and that's kind of, this is just an exercise you should do. You should yeah. spend an hour. You're not gathering too much information yet. You're making a list, you're Google searching, you're asking friends, you're driving around. Um, this, identi- this identification process um, is could be a short-term thing that you're doing behind your desk. And it can also be a long-term thing that you just pay attention as you drive around town. And as you attend parties, um, ask people, where'd you get that? You know, right. stuff like that. Yeah. So um, this isn't something you do once and you're done with. Um, so now that you've made a list and you've categorized them, uh, we want to start to gather some information. Okay. And, and so I, I would say the basics um, for all competition. Um, so what, what, what is the competitive item that they might buy there? You know, so for example, if, uh, if you're using the, the, the party favor thing, then uh, heck a Walgreens might be your competition if you're in a small town and, uh, you know, what would somebody buy there? If it's a target, if your demographic, everybody talks, uh, shops at target and you sell party favors, what would they buy at Target? You know, and just get a general idea on uh, what those items are and how much they cost. That's great. And then you move into your close competition and it's similar, just like we put in the example. What else do they offer? Why somebody might uh, choose to go there 
you know, instead of even shopping at your place um, yeah. or calling you up, you know, what's their offering? What, what would somebody spend there? What would they get for their money? And so, that, that, that should be pretty easy. The closer to your direct competition that you get, mm-hmm. you know, like you'd uh, earlier used kind of the screen printer, right? They would be close competition because if you've got a DTG printer, um, they're not going to sell five shirts to anybody. Right. But they're still in the shirt business. Why would somebody you've got to know, why would somebody buy from a screen printer in general? Um, what is that pricing like and what is the experience like? You know, what is that customer experience? And you can use a, a dollar amount as well. And during this analysis, you could say uh, if we're talking part a party planner as the example, uh, what could what could they get for three hundred dollars here? Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. So what could they get for $300 at the high-end shop that sells uh, coasters and hats? Well, maybe they're particularly expensive. Very, very nice. You know, maybe they're doing rhinestone hats and 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 coasters made out of aluminum, you know, gold-plated yeah. and beautiful things. Gold-plated coasters. For 300 bucks, though, they're maybe getting one thing for each, one coaster for each guest. Right. right. Uh, if they go to Target, they may get a bunch of, of little things that are not that interesting. Uh, okay. And if they go to your direct competition, well, they can get the custom mug with a custom, you know, hand towel stuffed in it, you know, and, and something and a pen, you know, or something to that effect. Right. And that's um, when you get into the real details. You want to dig in as much as you can. Right. To and, find out and what they're offering. Yes. And when you get into the direct competition level, when you're getting the basics, really start to get into what do they sell? What prices do they advertise? Do they focus on particular niches? Um, do uh, what is there anything that you see that's obvious that stands out? that they push, that they sell, that they offer just in general. And we're not in comparison mode yet. You're just kind of gathering the ideas and you want to learn as as much as you can. When we're talking about gathering information, uh, you should spend probably the least amount of time on the all competition. Just get a basic idea. Yep. A little bit more on the closer competition and majority of the time on the direct competition. So so when you say, uh, when you're looking at direct, competition mark and just getting the basics. Um, what do they sell? Are you talking about like the, the kinds of t-shirts that they sell, the kind of decoration that they offer? Um, what give, give me an idea of what you're looking for in each of these. Okay, great. So um, not, nothing specific okay, and just everything in general that you can gather without doing a deep dive yet, because we'll do a deep dive later. So uh, they, what do they sell? They sell um, T-shirts, mugs, signs. Okay. Now, what prices do they advertise? No advertised prices. Do they appear to focus on any uh, niche products? There's a lot of sports stuff on their website. I'm not really seeing anything besides sports stuff. Okay. Um, is there anything you can see that they learn that, that you can learn from them? Uh, and you put, they, they put a lot of focus on creating uh, custom art for you. And oh, that's, that's a good. What's, what's their main thing? Yeah, so that's kind far. of what's their main thing, right? Right. So then, when you start to look at this, that you may come to the conclusion in the end that um, I'm not going to dive much deeper into them because I'm selling to um, 
party goers and to birthday parties and uh, bar mitzvahs and wedding type of things. And these are all the things I'm doing. And this one particular competition, everything seems to be sports centric. And I'm not really doing sports. Gotcha. I'm events. They're sports. It kind of. Yeah. So um, maybe or maybe not, they might not be really anybody worth going deeper into, but this is kind of part of it. Now, in a small town or an area where there's not many places to go, they may focus on sports, but they they may do anything. Right. So you may run into them in a bit larger area. You may just push that eventually push them to the side and say, I'm probably never running into them. Yep. Okay. I like that. That makes sense. Uh, Next we're going to gather information on social media. Um, So a good place to start is if they've got a website, you can look at the bottom or on one of the sides and just look for their social media icons. Um, You can um, Google their Facebook page, basically uh, see if they have an Instagram account, TikTok, uh, things like that. And really that's a great place to get um to find out what kind of a relationship these people have with their clients, because a lot of times the reviews will show up on their social accounts. So you'll get a better idea of what they're like to do business with. Um, and you'll also get a, um, a sense of how involved they are in that particular media. Like how often do they post? Um, do they answer anybody's questions? Um, I, I know you shouldn't focus on the number of followers they have, Um, But you can look at the numbers and just see like if it's seven, then no one goes to that page, you know, then they're not actually using it. Um, If it's 10,000, then they probably have a lot of fake followers. Um, But, you know, at least they're at least they're active. So you'll learn a lot from some people's some companies, social media pages. Yeah, this is a great opportunity to uh, learn from them for one. Yep. What do they post? Uh, what does, what image do they show? Do they appear again, going back, do they appear to show any prices online? Do they appear to have any niches that they work with? And really one of the reasons that in our notes, we say, don't look at the number of followers is you can easily get swallowed up in these numbers. You go to a competition. Oh my gosh. They have 20,000 followers. I have nine, 19, 17. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, there's no way I can compete. Right. So look at their posts. What's the interaction like? Is anybody ever responding or liking? So if you going to their post and they have one, two likes, almost no responses, who cares about those followers? Nobody's looking, nobody's liking, nobody's interacting, nobody's saying great job, nobody's saying this is a really cool shirt, I can't wait to get them. If none of that's really happening, then I just wouldn't be focused on that number of followers. I would look at interaction. Uh, Conversely, if you see every post, they're having lots of conversations happening, and you're brand new to social media, then this is a great opportunity to learn from them. What are they doing? What are they saying? What are they asking? There's also a magic little spot inside if you're if you're doing research on Facebook where it will actually show you if they're running Facebook ads and it will let you look at those ads. So um, you probably won't see many, but there are definitely people out there that are doing okay with Facebook ads and um, you can see what the competition is doing if you look. Yeah, it's great. And, and it's just a great opportunity to just, again, you're just learning from them. What's a little bit of information about them? And uh, how can you use this later on? 
And also, by the way, like, I mean, don't, don't assign any judgment here. You know, so if you come across somebody and you go to their, their website and it's okay. And then you get to their Instagram account and it's amazing, like professional models and great t-shirts and, you know, just everything looks great. Like don't close your shop, right? There are, um, because you're going to go to Facebook, or you're going to go to the web, or you're going to go to a different niche, you're going to walk into their store and see a different story. There's opportunities all over the place. It's just good to know that, you know, uh, maybe um, social media profiles, Instagram, they do a fantastic job. What can I especially learn from that to try to, to try to compete? Yeah, it's great. It's great. And, and we've uh, mentioned that you may have already found them on the web and uh, or you found their website through social media or you found them their website in the first place. But right. uh, the next place you'll want to go, not necessarily in this order, by the way, you know, we chose social media and then websites, you could do the opposite, but you're going to want to gather some information off their websites too. And um, this is similar to social media gathering. Um, how does it look? Yeah. What's the quality of it? Like, uh, what are they showing? What are they showing off? Um, you could do a little bit of how does this compare to mine? You know, don't get swallowed up in it again. Uh, plenty of websites. There's, um, website that sells like holiday decoration stuff. And Mark Stevenson's know that this year, I've, every year I'm a bit obsessed with it, but this year's a, a new venture for me. And uh, this one particular website, the quality of the site is not that great. Right. Not that great. Customer service, A plus, pricing, A plus, quality of product, A plus, website, not that great. Another company out there, their website is super clean beautiful. Like you could tell they just revamped that like yesterday. Yeah. And uh, forums and reviews, nobody likes doing business with them. <laughs> only if they right. have to, only if they're the only one with the item in stock. Right. Okay. So they may be really good at sourcing products. <laughs> that's the, that's how they stay in business. So uh, it's just something to consider. You know, you don't, don't beat yourself up about it, but learn from it. Okay. Yeah, I, I also think when you're doing this, it's important to look at both, you know, on the on the desktop and on your phone. Great. So um, when you're looking at somebody else's website, they definitely can behave differently. And some people even still have completely different websites from scratch on mode that they have designed for mobile versus on the desktop. Great point. It's important to look at both. And while you're online, uh, what can you learn about that? You know, how big's the company? How long have they been around? Do they have pricing online? Do they have any right. niches that they offer? What products do they sell? Do they have, are they already aware of what they're really good at? And are they already shouting that out at the top of their lungs? Right. Like we mentioned earlier about the, the communication uh, with the landscaping company. Do they already know something about that? that they keep repeating over and over again on their website that they know is a strength of theirs. They're telling you their strengths right there. Yeah. So make sure you write that down. Anything that you see mentioned multiple times is definitely worthy of a little bit of note and a little bit of paying attention. And I, I think also it's um, it's important for your competition when you get down into direct, especially is um, is to make notes of whether or not they show prices online. Um, I found uh, a lot of local t-shirt shops here in the Tampa Bay area just don't like you have to fill out a form to quote. 
Um, and others are, are more the DTG model where they're happy to take one order and you can upload your artwork. So depending on your business method, you know, you could easily find what everybody's charging for stuff in your area. So, you know, and what that experience is like, because it's all online, you know, versus, okay, if I want to order something, how crappy is that form you have to fill out? And it's usually pretty bad. <laughs> uh, it, you got me thinking about something here, actually. Um, with the social media and looking at websites and getting con- into this analysis, I would, I would really probably not bother with the all competition much at all. Okay. Yeah, I, Outs- I agree. I, like outside of just I sell polos and I want to know how much Walmart sells po- moisture wick polos for. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, do that. But yeah. I mean, don't you don't need to go to their social media and look how Walmart does. Oh, media. right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. You, you don't need to like go into their website and deep dive into all the offers because they're not super competition, but maybe just knowing, OK, how much is a golf style shirt at Dick's Sporting Goods? That's a Nike. How much do they sell it for? OK, how much can I buy a Nike or may, or a generic brand that's very similar how, how much can I buy that for and decorate it and sell it to my customer? Yeah. Because I, you'll, I, it's, it, that's, that's good knowledge to have because you can turn that into a sales pitch later on. Yeah. I like that. And uh, I do have one burning question though, all of a sudden, and that okay. is, does Walmart corporate have an Instagram account that everyone follows? Are, are there a lot of people out there that are waiting to see what the new release at Walmart is going to be <laughs> well, and whatever they, yeah. I would say that the answer that I do know is most just about every major brand out there recognizes they need to have some sort of a social, um, social media presence. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've not heard much about Walmart and their Instagram, but I do know that they focus a lot on their LinkedIn. Okay. And we've actually, we've discussed this in the past. Uh, they spend a lot of time focusing on their employees and their technology and why Walmart is a good place to work and why Walmart is a good place to invest your money. Interesting. And so, th- so they're not necessarily selling t-shirts on there. Um, this is a complete side note, but it's interesting. They're not selling t-shirts on there, but there's, but they are selling. Why would you want to have a career at Walmart? Because not everybody gets, I mean, Surprise, not everybody that works at Walmart stock shelves. Right. Like somebody should somebody should write that down and share it with their friends. Yeah. They really like they, they have some they have marketing professionals, they have sales development people, they have people who are engineers at trucking routes. They, so there's very high-end careers that they and they want to uh, appeal to those people. And, and LinkedIn is a place they do that. I'm glad you clued me in. I was going to call. Uh, I was going to call them and see if they wanted some help with their pay-per-click advertising. Okay, you know, <laughs> yes, they don't have but, anybody. But I guess that does. I guess it's already filled. I guess they probably <laughs> got that worked out. So, um, but uh, digressing back, you don't yeah. spend a lot of time looking at that. Now, you can learn from those brands, of course. There's always knowledge to be gained, but really, the comp- at this point in time, we're focusing on who is the direct competition and potentially some close competition. Right. And, you know, just to go, go back through the, the websites, for example, since I, I trailed this off a little bit, you know, how do they look on, on, uh, on your laptop, desktop, tablet, phone? 
Um, what information do they show on the website? Do they display pricing and shipping times and things like that? Um, how does all of that compare to what you show? You know, is there anything that you can learn from it? Is there anything you don't like about their website? Is there anything that you really love? And um, I like the idea that the the website and the social will also um, reveal their niche, you know, and what their what their focus is. Like Mark Vila said, you know, if somebody has your exact equipment, same storefront, same marketing budget or whatever it is, but they're focusing on high school sports and you're focused on the event market, then, um, you know, you're not going to run into each other. If they're closer, like, you know, is the, you know, then you should see how big is the company? How long have they been around? Um, is there a personal story about the owner or the employees? Are they really community oriented? Um, do they, do they have all of the same t-shirt products, you know, or do they sell the same mugs? You know, is what, what's unique? Yes. And, and one important thing to mention where we are now is we're not getting too deep into comparing ourselves yet. We're information gathering. That's we're right. still in that stage. Yep. So you can, you know, have in your head, Oh, I wish I would have done this, but I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm gathering information because what the, the reason there's a reason for that. What you want to do is theoretically, you're going to have uh, five companies, two companies, whatever the number is that are your close yeah. competition. And you're going to have notes that are in order, right? Social media notes, website notes, reviews, by the way, we didn't say reviews, but reviews are part of this as well. You mentioned it earlier on Please, social media, yeah. but Google reviews, Yelp. I mean, that's part of, of the search on social. And then, then you get to stand up and look down at the table with all of your notes. And now you have a bird's eye view of everything. And then, then that's where we're going to get into the analysis. So Good. I think it is important that we're still gathering information. And there's one more thing we need to do for gathering information. And that would be to, um, to shop them, secret shop them. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, it could be done by yourself or someone you trust. You could pay somebody or, or it could be somebody, you know, but it, it needs to be a trusted person who's going to do it well. And um, you contact them, fill out the form on the website. Give them a call, ask for a quote, uh, find out how quick can you deliver? Uh, look for, look for hidden fees. Is there a setup oh, fee? Right. Is there an art fee? Is there a screen fee? Is there a, a delivery fee? Uh, is there a first time customer fee? You know, find, find that out. Right. And uh, the reason I mentioned that is um, there was a, uh, gosh, this is probably 2019. I was sitting with, we were, we were looking at blanks and prices of blanks um, with Brian in the office. Mm-hmm. Him and I were, were <clears throat> his office or mine, and we were looking at this, and he's like, gosh, I can't believe that this company sells a completed hat for $19, one hat. And he said, this particular hat, our cost is like $17. How do they even do it? And we're kind of, we're, and we're thinking, you know, oh, it's a loss leader product or, oh, maybe that, maybe they have a direct uh, connect with the manufacturer. We're getting into all this stuff. And I said, I'm just going to buy one and get it. So I go to buy it. There was like a $25 art fee by the time we got into the basket. Oh, right. So, So the hat wasn't $19. 
Yeah. The hat was, was, and then there was like uh, something like each, it was like a, uh, some fee for each hat. Right. It was like a $2 fee for each hat. Right. So, so the advertising made it look like the hat was $19, but the hat was actually 19 plus two. So the hat was really like 23 or 24. Yep. And then they were charging an art fee and, and all this stuff. So in the end, that singular hat that that looked like it was $19 was actually like 45, which, okay. Now we can understand how somebody can sell one hat for $45. Yeah. right? Right. Um, so you want to look at that with your competition, find out, you know, what, what are there any hidden fees or extra costs versus what they advertise online? And you just straight up ask, I went, I went on your website and I saw you would do 50 shirts for this amount of dollars. Um, are there any other fees I should be considering when I'm making yeah. a budget on this, you know, for art or, or anything else like that? Oh yeah. It, you don't have your own art. No, I just know that we need like a bulldog and it has to say fighting dogs. Yeah. Okay. We, we would charge $50 for that art yep. or whatever the number is. Right. Yeah. I, I like that. I also think that the, that you should try to shop them in multiple ways. You know, like you said, um, Mark is to, you know, if you're on the website and they have a chat icon, chat with them and see what that response is like. See if anyone responds, fill out the contact form and see if anyone ever gets back to you. Um, If it's on Facebook, go to their Facebook page, go to their Instagram account and just send them a message and see if they respond. And because it's not just the product and the price, it's also the experience in doing business with them. You know, so like in Mark's story, you know, how how likely are you going to be to go back to that company with the not $19 hat? You know, probably not. It was too much effort to find out how much you were actually going to spend, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, and make sure that you ask questions about minimum quantities. You know, if you're going to be great at selling one shirt yourself, then see what they charge for one shirt. Right. And, and any other detail you can, you know, uh, what, um, what brand, oh, what kind of shirt are you using? Yeah. Um, I'm really concerned about shirts that shrink. Oh, whatever you're, I mean, this is going to be all unique for you. You have to consider what your own questions are going to be. I'm concerned what shirts are going to shrink. How are they going to be? See how they answer that question. Oh, well, you know, all shirts shrink. You know, if that's their answer, then, you know, they're probably selling a really cheap shirt. Right. Right. So that's a piece of information. Um, Oh, no, we make sure that we only sell shirts that are, I mean, yeah. Okay. If you put it in the dryer on like high, high heat, we like, we, you might hear it, see some shrinking, but for the most part, we never get that complaint. Okay. They probably yeah. are selling a really nice shirt. Um, right. And uh, if you, so see if you can find out brands, delivery times, all that information, gather what you can and learn what that experience is going to be like if you were a customer. Yeah. By the way, I just want to say if they, if they, uh, if they respond with, it's a three and a half ounce tri-blend with uh, 50% cotton, 30% poly, you know, the rest in rayon, um, if they respond with details they're using a good shirt, no, you know, there they, you go. They'll, they'll definitely do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is all just great information to gather. And you also will learn a little bit about their sales process, about customer service. And, um, I also am a fan of rating that yourself. If you're okay. going to shop five people, you know, make a little scale, give them stars. 
you know, yeah. uh, and and write questions that are are good for. Hopefully, you've listened to a bunch of episodes of this podcast, and you've heard episodes where we talk about um how to answer the phone and how to reply to emails, right? Because we've right. talked about that stuff in the past. Yes. So maybe you put um on your notes for business that one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I'm super friendly when I talk on the phone, yeah. right? And you're thinking that, so put that as a rating for them. How well, how well do they answer the phone and give them stars t-shirt shop. Right. Eh. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give them one star because at least they said they were a t-shirt. They didn't say this is Bob to start. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I forget what business I called recently and uh, the guy just goes yellow. (laughs) And uh, it was friendly. But I was like, I'm trying to call, you know, such and such. Yeah. Oh, like, I hate that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, is is that you? <laughs> you know, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, and I was like, gosh, you know, one star. Like, I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I guess he was kind of friendly, but, you know, so star all this stuff, you know, um, how how friendly were they in answering questions? Yeah. How clear were they about pricing? Were they trying to rush you off the phone? You know, um, just kind of find all that out and rate it. Yeah. And you know what? If you if you want to go the, the extra step and you want to invest a little money in the process, go ahead and order the shirts. You know, if you, you know, if it's a close competitor and everything seems good, then maybe I have someone else, you know, buy two shirts with a specific design on it. So you can see, you know, how is the, how's the delivery experience? Mm-hmm. You know, did they ship on time? Is the quality as good as that sounded like they were going to send you? You know, um, what's the quality of the print? How does it feel? It gives you, when you create your competitive plan later, it gives you even more kind of ammunition, you know, because you can, you get to say things like, you know what? I actually ordered two shirts from them and they were pretty good. Not as good as mine, which is my, why mine are a little bit, you know, more expensive. But I'm holding one in my hand right now, and here's what I like about mine better. You know, so you you can point. add it into your competitive plan later on if you go through the whole process. Right, and and you you do or do not have to buy things. Right, you don't. Right. So uh, I want to be you know clear that if you're shopping for fifty shirt, fifty hat orders. I don't expect you to spend $500 to test your competition, right? Right. Um, So that might not be your niche. If your niche is DTG printing, as we mentioned, with selling one shirt, buy buy a shirt, spend 30 bucks, see what it's it's like, see what they deliver. So you make those calls on your own. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do that. You you have to decide. Agreed. Um, so now that uh, we've gone through and you've gathered as much information as possible, hopefully you've got it in an order and in, 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 um, maybe even a spreadsheet, you know, something where you can look at it and, and know where everything is. Now it's time to analyze this. And I would, I would put an analysis section at the bottom, like a summary. So um, what are they great at? What are they good at? What are they really weak at? Um, what was your favorite thing that you dealt with them on or you saw? What was something that you really didn't like or you think customers wouldn't like, right? Yeah, I think um, it might even be good to uh, um, rate yourself next to it. Okay, great. Uh, you, you know, so if so in other words, if you if they're really great at the website, they get five points. 
and your website right now has is three points. So, you know, go ahead and, and, you know, rate yourself in comparison to by the time you're down to creating your competitive plan, it's already mapping it out for you. You can look, oh, here are all the areas. It looks like I'm consistently bad over here. You know, you can identify that as a place to improve. Right. And uh, you can even do um, like a little versus chart if you want with check marks, you know, website, them, social media, me, pricing, you know, and you can go back and forth and maybe you put a check for both because it's kind of equal. And uh, what I don't want to happen is don't, you can, you can get sucked into a mental black hole here when you look at some of these companies, right? Like they're going to be website better, social media better, pricing better, offering yes. better, customer service, A plus, delivery faster. <laughs> it's going to be like, you may run into those and it's going to be scary at that point in time. Um, and uh, if that does happen, then the, the last thing you always have when analyzing your competition that that nobody can ever beat is you're the only you right they never have you so if they win all the check marks you a hundred percent of the time get me and you just know if you're a pretty cool person or a nice person or friendly or you have you have a bunch of friends and relatives yeah. people are just going to do business because it's you and then you can improve all those other check marks over time yeah. So, I mean, and, and lots of reasons not to get blacked out. First of all, if you do find somebody that's significantly better on every front, um, congratulations, you have a lot to work on. Um, yeah. And also um, not 100% of the people looking for a custom t-shirt in the area is going to call them. Right. Okay. Um, I am confident that while Mark Vila really likes his lawn guy and he does a good job, He's probably, odds are, he's not the absolute best optimal lawn guy within a 50-mile radius of his of Mark's house. Right. Right? That's not. what. How did you get the lawn guy? Uh, you know, I saw the ad. He was across the street. We started talking. You know, those, that's how most people choose. You know, so um, you don't have to, you don't have to be better in all these categories because you're not actually in real life competing with everyone 100% of the time. Right. And this is actually, this is a a funny thing, but there is in lawn, we'll use that. There is a company who's been in business 10 years that consistently is one of the worst lawn companies to do business. (laughs) I don't, I mean, this isn't a real company, but there is somebody has got to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Right. If you rank, if you pick a hundred ways to rank lawn companies and you gave them all points, somebody has to come in last. Yeah. And that person who comes in last doesn't mean they're out of business next year. Right. You know what I mean? They may Very have been true. In 10 years and they're just always kind of towards the bottom. Yeah. You know why? It's just, you know, they work in an area and they happen to be there and uh, they're in business and that doesn't yeah. make them necessarily great at anything. So, um, and chances are they're not doing any of this competitive analysis. They're not listening to podcasts and how to get better. They're not taking right. training on equipment and how to, you know, how to make things better. You know, they're not improving themselves. So you're already doing something better than the worst uh, mug or t-shirt maker in the area that's still in business. Right. All right. Uh, so let's talk about creating your competitive plan. Right. So when, when we're, um, as, as you're writing this stuff down, I want to make sure that we, I just have a couple of examples. I want to make sure we read through them. Um, 
So what are some things that you that you can write down that are important notes to make about these companies, right? Um, maybe they don't deliver anything in less than two weeks, but you can do it in a day Check. or two days. You know, maybe they offer uh, really cheap shirts that are in stock, but you offer higher end, better quality stuff that it takes you a few days to get. Right. Um, maybe they advertise really low prices, but they've got a ton of hidden fees. So actually your prices are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they might appear to be a very diverse shop by the name of the company, but when you look at their social media, they're really just focusing on a single niche like sports. Right. These are all things to, to so once you learn all this stuff uh, about everybody and, and do, take as many notes as you can, then you can actually create like a real competitive plan on how you're going to um, find your space in the competition. Not always beating the competition or going up against them, but finding your space in the, in, in the pie of business that's to be had in your area. Hey, you know what? I just want to mention one more thing that I, I almost forgot in, in that is while you're doing the competitive analysis, if you have the opportunity to talk to people, you know, ask them if they produce that stuff in house. Okay, good. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, cause that could be a, a very important competitive advantage to you. If you go to a screen print shop and you ask about printing, you know, just getting one or two shirts um, and they say, yes, then, you know, ask them if they print that in-house too. Mm-hmm. And watch you know, for tricky answers. Yeah. We do. Um, our warehouse is actually located in Lakeland. Right. Okay. Okay, then. Well, well, I'm in Lando Lakes. That's almost an hour away. Right. Okay. So, so there's something to be said about that. Yep. Um, okay. So uh, first things first, you've, you're, at this point in time, you should know who the real competition is. Okay. You've scratched off that company who after di- diving deeper, they just only do sports. Right. I, I know it's nothing in their name. They don't really describe it like that, but every single example, picture, social media thing on their website, even words they use, yeah. knock it out of the park with our hats. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're focusing on sports. Um, I'm yeah. not. Or they, or they, you know, it turns out to be a screen print shop and they don't want to talk to anybody that's not going to order at least 48 pieces of anything. Right. Right. And you're going to do some um, small stuff, you know? So, um, so, you know, knock out some of those and, and try to just focus less on them. You've learned lessons. You've learned things about how they do things on social media or website that you want to do one day yourself or right away. Uh, but they're not really a competition. Um, and then now you've also pulled out some strengths, like we mentioned before, um, you, one of your competition who seems direct advertises really low prices, but you know, there's a ton of hidden fees, right? So, so, you know, one of your things is transparent pricing. Yeah. No hidden fees. Right. So if this is one of your strengths, you shout it out everywhere. On the front page of your website, you know, great quality t-shirts, transparent pricing. Yeah, I like that a lot. Right? Um, You also might uh, be able to deliver quicker, right? Right. And again, you shout that out. Uh, You can put it on your website or maybe you don't write that down, but you talk about it. Every time you have a phone call with somebody or an email. Um, By the way, one of the things that's great about when you work with us is we make it a point to deliver things quickly. So uh, we deliver 
90% of our orders within three days or whatever the number, right? Yeah. Um, and the other 10% we deliver one day longer than that. And the reason, one of the things that I did when I wanted to start this business was I was sick and tired of everybody having to order things like a month in advance. Yeah. Because some of these companies will say, most of the time we deliver in two weeks, sometimes it's three or four. To me, that says you deliver in four weeks every time. So, so, so I, I, yeah, I love that. I, yeah. I love that. Like the idea is that you, you find those advantages, you make it a keystone of your website. If you think they're real competition, um, you, I love the idea that you're going to mention it in phone calls and, and in meetings, like you could even add that to the way you answer your phone. Yeah. You know, it could be, Hey, thanks for calling Bob's t-shirts where we deliver in two days. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and whatever, you know, it it might be, you could talk about um, your niche. If you know that you have a unique niche in the area and nobody else is really focusing on it, you dive deeper into the niche. Uh, All of this information can be shared on your website, on your social media. You could do email blasts. You could do local ads. Um, We've talked about doing all that type of advertising uh, and such in other episodes of the podcast, but um, talk about that you sell shirts that are top quality, you know, a home of the shirts that don't shrink, you know, yeah, I love talk that. about uh, how you do digital prints, you know, yeah. do full color prints. What's that mean? Print your dog, print your baby, print anything. Cool. You know, I, I like that um, each one of these advantages that you say very obviously um, plants the idea that other businesses don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, Coldessi is very proud of the fact that they do. Um, we've got the best self-paced online training program um, in the industry for each one of our products. You know, and we talk about our training and our support all the time. And when we do that, in this case, it happens to be very true. Um, everyone else assumes that our, our competition does not provide training. Um, so, and in many cases it is true, but it's just, when you say something, if I point out that I can deliver a shirt in under three days, you know, if it's an order for under 10 pieces, then it just assumes, well, I'm going to call everybody else and it's going to be a week. Right. And and yeah, no, the best part about it is if you've done research and you know that everybody is really slow in delivery and you're fast, then you create an assumption and some people might just stop. And just say, okay, great. I want it in two days. I'll work with you. Other people might say, I'm going to shop. And then they call how quick two weeks. He was right. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, And the thing about um, Coldessi and training is, I mean, it's been many, many, a decade, right? Uh, Almost probably where we started offering online training. Yeah. And uh, it was part of, we just realized that nobody else really has this. Yeah. And it's every day, basically, since that past 10 years, there's been something new added or changed or updated on that online training. And we, we, and we have so, such a diverse amount of products that it's not just really easy for our competition to just say, I'm, we're just going to make uh, online training for 20 no. products. Right. Because it's, right. it's, it's thousands of it's hours a project. of project. It's hours, yeah. Um, and you can do that stuff with yourself too. So if you're really developing a niche and you, um, okay, I want to focus on high, high quality polo shirts. How am I going to do that? Well, first I'm going to go to my wholesaler and I'm going to buy like, um, I'm going to call them and ask them, 
I want like the best shirt you have. Okay. These are a top five. I'm buying all top five. I'm going to put them on my embroidery machine. I'm going to put them in the wash. I'm going to wear them. I'm going to ask people, which one do you like this? I'm going to, there's going to be a friend of mine um, uh, has a small business. I'm going to give them one. Yeah. Which, what do you, which shirt do you like better A or B? Right. And now like you've spent time learning about like the best polo shirt. And now you have like three keystone shirts you sell the, yeah. the cotton one, the moisture wicking one, you know, and uh, the luxury one, these are yeah. the three you sell. And then you're Then you start pushing this luxurious, the best shirts, premium polos. Nobody beats our polos, you know, all that stuff. Right. And that's ask, ask me how I know, ask me how I know exactly. And then if, if your competition decides they want to get into the premium polo thing, you've been doing this research now since you started, since before you started for months, and now you're in business a year, you've got a year's worth of research on these shirts. You found out this one that looks great. The collars do all like this after a bunch of washes and they curl up. So you know that that shirt is great as a great out of the box shirt, but not a great three month shirt. And, right. and, and your competition is going to take three months to learn that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so great. And, and then uh, I guess the, the wrap up on it is um, as we started saying uh, y- this is ongoing, you repeat it, you know, um, you do it again later. You don't just stop um, your competition. will get a new website. Eventually they'll change some of their policies and prices, mm-hmm. you know, so you kind of keep up. Uh, most really most businesses don't do this. Yeah. I mean, almost no businesses do. This. Yeah. And the reason why they don't is, well, a couple things, I think at least um, uh, there's a lot of business out there and a lot of people can just get overwhelmed, busy, and then they don't have to do any of that. Right. And they, get, they get stuck at a growth point and they're there. Yeah. And then, uh, and that's good for you because they're full. Right. So you can analyze all you want about them and all that stuff, but they can't really take many orders unless it's booked a month out and you've, and, and you've just learned that. Um, and then you, so that's one reason. Um, another is, um, is that it just takes time. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably looking to grow your business. And this is one of the ways that uh, companies that achieve great growth do it. Yeah. I, and I think if you're willing to invest the time in, in educating yourself by listening to stuff like this, uh, by reading business books, by by finding out more about e-commerce or marketing or inventory management or how to handle a customer, you know, if you're doing any of that stuff, this is kind of the logical next step. Mm-hmm. And when you do this, if you do a constant survey of your local competition or your direct competition, you'll also know when there's new players in the market and how you may have to pivot or who else is new that you can learn new things from and copy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's a, it's, it's honestly, it can be a lot of fun. Honestly, it's really good. It can be great for your business. It's great for your mind. Um, don't, you can't upset the big thing. One of the big takeaways is like, you can't obsess over it. If you think somebody's better or you think somebody is potentially dangerous to your business because they're, they're a new player and, oh gosh, they're going to beat me, you know? Um, so, you know, don't get caught in those traps, but also, um, uh, on the flip side of that, uh, turning your head and putting blinders on doesn't keep you safe from the monsters. 
either. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't like you're not a kid where you put the covers. Now you're freaking me out. Now you're freaking me out. Yeah, the boogeyman <clears throat> can't get me if I hide under the covers. That's not true either, right? So, yeah. um, so oftentimes. Um, the boogeyman is not as scary as you thought he was, right? Or, um, or isn't even a threat at all. Um, but it, it's important, you know, it's important to just go out there and look. And, and I think that there's a lot to learn. If you do this exercise, a couple of things are going to happen. One, you're going to learn something from your competition that you're, that you're going to change in your business immediately. Yes. You're going to say, I'm going to start changing this tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and two, you're going to learn about, uh, you're probably going to build up some confidence and some things that you knew you were really good at that you never gave yourself enough credit for. Yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, I think this is a super useful episode. Hope you listen to it more than once and share it with other people um, because the um, this podcast applies, I don't know if you could tell or not, to more than just the custom t-shirt business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I think that anyone that runs a local business could benefit from, in particular, this episode. I think analyzing your competition is um, is not done enough. And your business will be a lot better for it. Great, great. And and uh, all these notes are in customapparelstartups.com. So if you go to the website and you find this episode, uh, 182, Analyze Your Competition, um, you'll see that we've put a bunch of the notes and maybe some other things in there as well. So you can uh, write this down and, and feel free to contact us and share some things that you've learned and some competitive analysis. We'd love to uh, talk about it with you. Yeah, love it. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening again. This is Mark Stevenson. And Mark Vila. You guys have an amazing competitive business.